Hello, church. Welcome to this time of family worship. My name is Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors at Providence Road. I know I speak for the other pastors and leaders at the church that we long to be with you and we wish we could connect with you and, and, and see you face to face. But um, as the circumstances would have it uh, for this week and for the foreseeable future, this is the way we are going to gather corporately. If you are a part of Providence Road, I want to welcome you, and we're glad that you um, are, are joining us and watching um, this liturgy we've put together. We're really glad that you joined us. We want this to feel less about a service where you are watching passively and more about an opportunity for you to connect with the living God and commune with Him. So what we've done, um, we're going to be guiding you through an abbreviated liturgy similar to what we do on Sunday morning. So you can go along at your own pace and be able to um, do this at home on your own and really um, engage and be an active participant in what we're trying to do here. And we encourage you to follow along in the worship guide that we've provided for you. Uh, parents, this week within the guide, there are a few sections that you'll be able to engage uh, with your kids in. And there is also a blog post that Kaylee Smith has posted on our website. Um, if you are a part of Providence Road, um, you should have received an email this week with the worship guide in it. Um, you can also find the worship guide on the website and on Facebook. If you need to stop now and find that guide, please do so. Um, if you need to stop along the way at any time, feel free to do so, to, to pray a little bit longer in those sections, to reflect on something that was said. We want you to be able to walk through this at your own pace, um, however you'd like. That's why um, we're doing this the way we're doing it. Lastly, before, I get, uh, before we get started, if you have any um, needs whatsoever, we want to know. Maybe you're struggling with anxiety and fear. Uh, maybe you're dealing with loneliness right now. Maybe you have spiritual needs, physical needs. Whatever it is, we want to know. If you don't have a church home, um, please let us know um, how we can um, love you and serve you and maybe meet your needs in this time. So please feel free to email me. It's jeremy at provroad.org if you need anything. I'm going to pray now and then we're going to get started. Father, I thank you for the ability to get to do this. Um, I ask that we would um, experience your presence during this time. And as we read your word and sit under your word, I pray that it would change our minds and change our hearts and change the way we live in the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first thing we're going to do in this liturgy is a call to worship. The call to worship is uh, the beginning of the service when we take our eyes off ourselves and um, look at God, to focus on God. We acknowledge God's invitation um, to all of humanity to set our eyes on him, to worship him, and to be present with him. The passage that we're going to read to allow um, us to, to enter in to worship is Psalm 62, verses 1 through 8. Feel free to read along with me in Psalm 62, verses 1 through 8 as I read. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him? Like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. 
They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O oh people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Hi, everyone. My name is Vicki Bumgarner, and I'm a covenant member here at the church. Let's continue in worship as we focus on the character of God. Feel free to read along in your guide as I read aloud Psalm 145, 1 through 9. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. Hey guys, I'm Jay and I'm on staff here at Providence Road and I'll be leading us in a time of confession. Romans 3 describes for us our desperate condition and our need for redemption. Verses 10 through 12 say this, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And in verse 23, we are reminded that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, as we move into this time of confession, think back on where you have sinned against God and fallen short of His glory this past week. Though we belong to Jesus, we still sin and rebel against our good Father. Own and repent of both of your known and unknown sin against God and against others. Bring all of yourself to God in this moment. So would you follow along with me in your worship guide as I read this prayer of confession? Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Take some time to reflect on your need for forgiveness found in the grace of God. Brothers and sisters, Jesus has not left us alone to ourselves and held captive by our sin. Let us now receive the assurance of what Christ has done with our sin. 
While we were his enemies, Christ died for us. Though he knew no sin, Jesus took our sin to the cross that we might become the righteousness of God. He arose from the grave and on the third day, defeating sin and death for us. And though we are quick to wander from him, the spirit of the living God brings us back and reminds us of his grace and mercy to us. So follow along with me once more in your worship guide as I read this prayer of assurance. Brothers and sisters in Christ, remember today that you were once dead in your sins and carrying out the desires of your flesh, you were by nature children of wrath. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love he has for you, he made you alive together with Christ and raised you up and seated you with Jesus. We are now his people saved for good works, which God has prepared for us to walk in. Now say this with me, friends. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Uh, Matt Mosier, one of the elders here. Um, I'm going to lead us into a time of, of prayer, uh, corporate prayer together. Um, we do this because we, we serve a God who hears us, who, who loves us, who cares for us, and has promised to provide for us. Uh, we can have great hope in the faithfulness of Jesus. I'm going to follow the same rhythm that we followed last week, where we, we will pray for each other first with our, our families, uh, our friends, our neighbors. And we'll pray for our city. We'll pray for Norman. And then, um, you know, and the leaders and teachers and doctors and um, all, the, all the officials and various people that are, are in the city. And then, uh, lastly, we'll pray for our nation and for our world. Uh, I'll intro each uh, section briefly and then pause for about 45 seconds or so to give you a time to pray wherever you're gathered, the people you're gathered with. Uh, even if you're by yourself, I would still encourage you to pray aloud, to participate with us. If that pause that I make isn't long enough, feel free to actually pause the video itself and, and finish up before you move on to the next, next section. So we'll start by praying for those closest to us. That is our families, our friends, our neighbors. So take this time to pray for protection, pray for, pray for provision, and ultimately pray for a true peace that comes only through Christ. I'll pause now, give you a time to pray. Jesus, we thank you um, for our friends. We thank you for our families. We thank you for our neighbors. We're grateful for them. And we pray that during this time, those people closest to us will feel your protection. They will feel your love. Um, you will keep them safe from sickness, that you will be the healer in the times um, when sickness comes. We also pray for their provision, God, that their needs will be met that we can be the church, meet the needs of the people closest to us. We can be your hands and feet. 
ultimately showing your good grace and mercy to all of them. And we pray for peace, a peace that only comes through knowing you, a peace that transcends all understanding, a peace that um, is rooted deeply in our hearts and is not rooted in what we do, but is rooted in your faithfulness and love. We thank you again for these people and ask um, your provision, your protection, and your peace on them. So now we'll move quick, briefly into a time uh, where we pray for the leaders of Norman. We, we want to pray the same things for them. Um, we want to pray for provision, for protection, and peace for the government officials, for teachers, uh, for first responders, for law enforcement, for so many people serving the needs of the community. At the same time, we also want to pray for those who are most vulnerable at this time. Uh, there's some that we're having trouble making ends meet as it was, and this just amplifies that. And so we want to be mindful of them. We want to pursue them and seek those needs. And so Jesus, we, uh, I mean, just friends, we will take that time to um, ask Jesus uh, for that, those things that we can provide um, for them as a church, but then the peace that only you can provide. So I'll pause again now um, and let us pray together. Jesus, we thank you for Norman. We thank you for placing us in this city at this time. We do pray for protection for those who are protecting us, um, for the doctors, for the law enforcement officers, for first responders, and even the leaders of the city making very difficult decisions. We pray for protection for them and, and healing as well. We ultimately also pray for provision. God, we we, we lean on you for all of those things, but you have made the church, um, you know, an avenue, a, a way of your mercy to reach those who need it. And I pray that we can be those people, be your hands and feet at this time, and that we can meet the needs of those around us and the meet the needs of the city. It will be those who are especially vulnerable during this time. And God, may we find those places, find those people, find those organizations to where we can help in any way that we can during this time. And ultimately for our city, we know there is no lasting peace without your salvation, without you rooted deeply in our hearts. And that is our ultimate prayer for the people of Norman, Oklahoma, that they would know and they would love you. So lastly, we're going to move into a time where we pray for the world that we live in. This is, um, we've entered into a time that's unlike really anything that we've experienced before, but not for you. Uh, I mean, but for you, but not for Jesus, right? Like, this is not a surprise. This is not some, something that's taking God by surprise. And so we can move into that and we can pray for the world, pray for protection, pray for peace, um, 
and provision for everyone. Uh, and we pray that the many idols that the world worships, that we worship, uh, will fall. And that ultimately God will bring healing and salvation to the entire world. So I'm going to pause here again and give uh, you, wherever you are, the opportunity to pray this with us. Join me as I pray for the world. I've adapted this, um, this prayer from, from Psalm 46. God, you alone are our refuge and our strength. You are a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, though the earth trembles and the mountains quake and the waters roar and the seas rise up, let us not be afraid. Let us see and trust in the works that you have already done. You make war cease. You shatter bows and cut spears into pieces. You bring peace in times of chaos. So let us be still and know that you are God. Let us be still and know that you will be exalted among all the nations of the earth. Let us be still and know that you are with us. You are our fortress. You are our protection. God, let us know that you alone are our refuge and strength for the world. Amen. I did want to briefly mention uh, another act of worship and lead us through a little bit of act of uh, giving. As believers, uh, we are called to help those in need. Acts 2 tells us that all believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds, proceeds to all as to anyone who had need. So first, as Jeremy has already mentioned, if you have needs, please let us know. We want to know those. We want to enter into those needs with you, and we commit to helping you however we can. Whatever those needs are, we want to know. We want to come, come beside you, come with you, and walk through that with you. But also at this time, um, we don't want to put our hope and our, and our salvation and our trust in our possessions. So let us be a generous people because God has been generous to us. The generosity shown to us in Jesus motivates us to be generous to other people. There are many ways you can give to Providence Road. They're all listed on the website, provroad.org give. If you have any questions about that, feel free to contact us. If you have any ideas about ways to, to, to help or if you know of organizations or people that we could partner with, we'd love to hear it all. Um, but let us be a generous people during this time with that generosity based not in our own works, working for our salvation, but because of the generosity shown to us through Christ. Thanks. We're now going to spend some time in the Word together. Our text this week is going to be John 15, verses 5 through 11. 
John 15, verses 5 through 11. So if you want to go ahead and go there in your, in your Bibles and get ready, um, we'll be there in just a moment. Last week, we talked about the importance in this season to seek God, to pursue God, and take whatever we're feeling and whatever we're experiencing in these moments, whatever we're thinking, and bring those into the presence of God. Like we, we called um, uh, ourselves to do that last week. And oftentimes we say those things, though, like pursuing God and seeking God, and we just say God. And we have to remember that that's not wrong, right? But God exists in three persons, Trinity. Right? You have God who is one being, one essence, existing in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And so when we talk about seeking God and being in the presence of God, we should try to remember as often as we can that um, he exists in three persons and that will help our communion with God. Last week, we talked about God the Father. This week, we're going to talk about God the Son. And then next week, we're going to talk about God the Spirit as it relates to seeking God and being in his presence. The text we're going to look at today is in a section really from chapters 14 of 17 in John. And Jesus begins chapter 14 by saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. And I think that's something I've been thinking about a lot the last couple of weeks and encourage all of you to, to think about when Jesus says this, because there was something going on in that time period that caused Jesus to say this. And it was probably the disciples, um, he knew he was about to go away. The disciples didn't quite know that yet. And so Jesus was preparing them for the trouble that they would face, that he knew that they would face. And so he begins this, this massive teaching um, in, uh, uh, in scripture of starting with, do not let your hearts be troubled. And this, these, this, uh, these verses we're going to look at today, um, they are in um, that, that teaching that Jesus gives us. And in this passage, he's going, you're gonna, we're going to see, a, a, gonna see imagery from agriculture that people in that day would have commonly um, known and understood to get, um, to get the point across. This is what Jesus does. So let's walk through John 15, 5 through 11. He begins by saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. He's saying, Jesus says, I am the vine. And in, in our day and age, if we don't have um, vines around much, we could say, Jesus is the trunk and we are the branches if you're looking at a tree. He uses this picture. And we, the church, Christians, are branches in this imagery. And he goes on to say in verse 5, Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, apart from staying and abiding in me, you can do nothing. He's saying, stay connected, remain connected to me, stay with me. And he's not saying that he's going anywhere. This is, this is from our point of view, right? When, when we have a relationship with Jesus, that is secure. Jesus doesn't move away from us, but we do things to cause ourselves to move away from Jesus. So Jesus is encouraging us to, to be close to him, to abide in him to stay connected to him. And in verse six, it says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse eight, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. That verse eight there could be a summary verse of the Christian life. We're to glorify God um, by abiding or bearing fruit, right? And so Jesus here is saying the way we bear fruit is to abide. 
And people will know that we are his disciples by the fruit that we bear. And by all of this, God is glorified. In verse 9, he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And, and Jesus here inserts this idea of love. And so it, it must mean something to, for him to insert this in this teaching. And what he's getting at here is that the love he has for us The grace he shows us should compel us, should move us, should motivate us to abide in him, to want to stay connected to him, to want to remain in his presence. This is the gospel, the fact that the the penalty of our past sins have been forgiven. The, The power that sin has over us in our lives has been broken because of Jesus. We no longer are enslaved to sin, the scriptures say. And then one day the presence of sin will be removed from us, either when we uh, die or Jesus returns. Sin will be no more. This is the gospel. This is what compels us to abide. Nehemiah verse 10 and 11. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Verse 11, he tells us here, ultimately what Jesus wants for us and what God wants for us is our good. He wants our joy. He wants us to have freedom. And this is a benefit to us. Who, Who wouldn't want more joy? Who doesn't want more freedom? Who doesn't want to be shown unconditional love? As we remember his love for us, that compels us more and more to abide in him. And as we abide in him, we get joy. We have freedom. And we feel the love that he has for us. So my question is, why would Jesus make such a big deal about this idea of abiding? Because this this is one of the last teachings probably that he had with his disciples. This was important to him. And one of the the best ways for me to understand this abiding, and this has helped me a lot in in my personal life, and I've used it in counseling, but imagine with me two trees, two trees kind of side by side that you can see them together, and imagine they're both under um, a, a hot sun, and you have one tree that's bearing fruit, the fruit that it was intended to bear, and the other tree is thorny. It's barren. There doesn't look like it's even alive, and then underneath, pretend you can see the root system, and there's roots under each of these trees we know, right? And so what Jesus, I think, is the most, really an important thing about abiding, especially in the, the season we're in, is we're, we're all feeling some pressure. We're all feeling some, um, the, the, the world is shaking under our feet. There's instability. There's chaos, which in that picture is the heat, right? The sun is our circumstances. It represents things that happen to us, things maybe that we can't control. And there's a lot that feels out of our control right now. But these two trees, one responds to this heat, these circumstances, by bearing fruit. And we know that uh, flowers and plants and trees grow when they get sun. That is good for trees and plants and flowers. But oftentimes, this heat can can burn up a tree. It can cause a tree to die. It can cause flowers to wither. And so what is the difference between those two trees? It's the root system. It's what is found inside the tree, inside the vine, inside the trunk of that tree. And what Jesus gives us in this example is he gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us the, the nutrients, the sustenance, the power to be able to bear fruit, which is the purpose of abiding. So we do have a choice. We have a decision to how this heat, how this environment, how our circumstances are going to affect us. And if we abide in him, he promises us that he's going to bear fruit no matter what season 
we find ourselves in, and that is really, really good news. Now, how do we abide? What does this practically look like? Well, the Bible uses words like seek him, follow him, pursue him, love him, devote yourself to him, set your eyes on him. But here's the issue with all of this. We are prone to abide in other things um, rather than Jesus, right? We're all, we're all compelled to do that. That's human nature. Um, it may include uh, finding comfort through binging on hours of entertainment, especially during this time of year. That's a temptation. It might show up in pride, which manifests itself in anger, maybe anger towards your spouse or roommates or parents or kids. Pride, uh, anger can manifest itself coming out of a place of pride. Your abiding in something else may show up in the in inability to rest, this compulsive feeling needing to work and work and work and be busier and busier and never being able to set, sit still. That may be the fact that you're abiding in something else rather than Jesus. It may be in something entirely different. So an important question to ask yourself, especially during this season, is what are you prone to abide in rather than Jesus? Like, what do you look to for satisfaction, for joy, for freedom other than Jesus? You're probably abiding in that. You're, you're setting your sights on that. You're, your energy is going to that of, rather than going to abiding in Jesus. I want to close with a practical, really, piece of homework. One thing I want you to try this week. I want you to be intentional with this. I want you to, to think about this week. Whenever you watch this, just think a week ahead of time. I want you to every day, doesn't matter how long it is, every day set aside time to abide. It could be through prayer. It could be through reading scripture. It could be just silence where you just meditate and let your mind go to God. Just spend some time every single day practicing abiding. This is like training. This is it's kind of like a muscle that you have to work if you're not used to doing this. So I challenge you every day, even if it's for three minutes, be three minutes, five minutes, 30 minutes. I don't care how much time, but just try it every day this week and, and see what happens. See what happens when you do that. Do you have some space in your schedule? Probably things are a little bit different. I challenge you to do that this week and, and see and see how that goes. And we'll pick up next week and, and maybe give us something else to work on. And one last thing I want to say to those of you who uh, may not have a relationship with Jesus. I just want to share the gospel that Jesus lived a life that he demanded all of us to live, but none of us could. And he died a death that we all deserve to die, taking the wrath of God off of us and placing it upon himself. And then he rose again three days later, conquering sin, Satan, and death. And he's alive today. And he lives in this world. And he lives inside of those who call them, who, who profess faith and, and, and believe in who he said he was and what he did. And so you can believe today. You can profess faith today. And if you haven't done that before and you want to do that, please, you can do that right, right now in your homes. And if, if, if God is doing something um, in your heart, please reach out. Let us know. Comment um, in Facebook and reach out um, to the email I gave you earlier. We want to connect with you if that describes you. Um, we love you guys. We're praying for you. And I pray that the Lord blesses you this week. Amen. So friends, in the midst of, of chaos and a world full of anxiety and stress right now, may we be people who are focused on abiding in Jesus this week. Hey guys, we wish we could be with you face-to-face, uh, -face, in person, and we want you to know that we love you, we miss you, and we really long for and look forward to that day where we can come back again and be in this room together. 
But until then, we pray that you are encouraged um, by the ways that we have sought to engage you and, and connect you guys, connect us as a body in this time. We hope that you can join us again this Wednesday night at 8.30 for our next Facebook Live gathering. It's going to be a, a public uh, forum again on our Facebook page. You can find that uh, at uh, Prov Road, uh, our Facebook page. Uh, allow me to send us out by reading Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 over us. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.